0: Wow good morning everybody I was about to be highly upset apparently the Spotify podcast app needs to be updated if you can't log in if you have to reset your password if you have to do anything crazy go ahead and update the app it actually opened a new account and I don't claim to know what I'm doing so I thought I lost everything from before, which wouldn't be a lot, but the reason that I do these is so I can go back later and kind of listen to what I've done, look through all my notes, and then it's really more of a logbook for me. So I know the format is horrible, I'm not on good audio, and I really don't know what I'm doing. But if I can just record my thoughts and then go back later and listen, it's really for me and it ends up helping out other people that are coming to the lake. And there's a very few amount of people that go on here and they want to know information for historical data. So, that being said, let's start plugging in the data and the information that I want to record so I don't lose it I'm fresh off the Lake of the Ozarks Bass Open I fished as a co-angler it was not a horrible tournament my finish was horrible to make a long story short I did not bring in a keeper either day now let's comment on that why did I not bring in any keepers. There's a ton of excuses, but there was a lot going on in this tournament. So, in the Opens, you have the qualifiers being the people that are trying to get into the elites. So, me knowing that. I wanted to just get in the back of a boat and kind of observe what's going on because the Toyota is coming up the weekend after. And as you guys know, I signed up for the Toyotas and fished the Plains Division. So we went to Grand, we went to Kentucky Lake, and now our last tournament is here. With it being in my backyard, it was it's beneficial for me to go ahead and just at least sit in the back of the boat and observe what's going on almost like a pre-fishing for the Toyota with the Toyota championship being a table rock I need to do well in the Toyota so all of that being said I am there just to learn what's going on learn more of the transition time of the year and to kind of I guess I'm looking to either see am I way off on this entire live scope and the way to catch fish right now or am, am I way out in left field do I not feel comfortable what's going on do I need to learn it better or maybe I'll draw somebody that fishes exactly like I do more of the old school flipping type mentality and see somebody do real well doing that and then really give me the confidence that hey you might not have to go chase them around with life scope like you think you do just keep fishing the way you're fishing and all is well you know go fish your strengths go fish the baits that you have confidence in and you'll be fine well it was it turned out to be kind of a combination of all that and with it being so tough I kind of think I learned more with it being tough and I do that a lot where I learn a lot more on the days that I don't catch them than the days that I do because the days that you figure it out a lot of times you figure it out on a day that they're just biting they're just chewing so for instance pre-fishing for this we couldn't pre-fish Until a week before the tournament started So we were off limits for 30 days It's hilarious I brought my daughter some patches And there were some BASS patches and stuff I said hey you want one of these patches I said member BASS on it And she goes Oh now does this mean I can't be on the water Before the next tournament starts Which is pretty hilarious coming from an 8 year old But she knows that I haven't been able to fish. So anyway, the off-limits was about a month. I don't know the exact amount of days, like 27 days off the water or something. It was really silly because it turned out that before they changed the schedule, they moved the tournament schedule one day to the right so they could get Fox Sports 1 network coverage on final day being Sunday and for some reason they moved the off limits to the left so that made it to where the old off limits was September 18th and I could be wrong on this guys don't fact check me but I believe the off limits before was September 18th through whatever the week before the tournament is and when they moved that schedule they re-looked at the calendar And moved it over to the left September 17th. So they moved the tournament days to the right. Moved the off-limits to the left. Which you think would coincide and move it to the right on the start date. Move off-limits one day to the right. But they did the opposite of that. They also misprinted when they announced the off-limits. And put... Off limits September 18th Sunday Then regrouped Put it back out and published it Off limits September 17th Sunday So whenever they published it originally Somebody messed up the date and the day Fixed it and when they put it back out of course, the September seventeenth is on a Sunday, and that's what they published, and that's what they went with. There was some back and forth mistakes that were made. Regardless, we could not fish that BFL that for the super tournament because if you made it to Sunday, then you were not going to be able to. Or if you even if you started, you weren't. Uh, you couldn't couldn't fish that Saturday. So regardless. Anyway. Off limits for a month. I didn't think it would bother me. It really did bother me. being Living on the lake. I'm not a guide or anything. It didn't take any money away from me. But you can't go on the dock with your kid. And crappie fish or bluegill fish. They're swimming on the dock. You can't even help them. You can't go on the dock. You can't go to any restaurants on the water. You can't ride a boat over to go To your friend's house, and then come home. It's just uh, we live on the water. Lake life is literally we are on the lake every day, and it's just kind of weird not being able to be out there. I think if I really could have got a hold of Bass, I emailed him a few times. I never called Hank about it, but I could probably could have closely defined what off the water meant to them. and probably been able to do a few things, but I don't know. It just really kind of messed up our daily life, really. But I do understand the off-limits. I do understand that we don't want to go to a fishery where there have been people camping out for a month ahead of time and just completely pounding the fish. So I understand both sides of it. So I'm not complaining, but I am saying if you live on the lake it does affect your life. So that being said, so we couldn't get on the water a, before a week out before the tournament. And what I'm what I was alluding to earlier about when you're catching them, you're almost you're learning things but it's kind of like okay i figured them out so what do i do now on the sunday before the tournament i put in at the little Nangwa. i went to check some old family docks up there from way back in the day it was crazy i took off from larry gale and i went up pretty i would say two-thirds of the way up the little Nangwa, and there was a boat on it when i got there and i'm talking i mean I looked at what sunrise was on, on the clock, not necessarily, you know, it, it was pretty dark when I took off. So I, I took off, you know, I think it says right at sunrise or 30 minutes before I took off whenever I could, it was light enough to run and not be dangerous. So I was well within the, the, uh, legal time to start practice but it it was pretty early so I did not expect to see a boat up there already but there was and so I kept going up the river and up the river and and checking basically what I found was that I could catch uh, some small fish up there the water temperature up there was cooler than the rest of the main main lake that I'd been fishing up and we did have some cool mornings and I was around some springs where I found some 70 degree water. And that's what I was looking for. I just didn't have really a whole lot of size to what I was, what I was catching or shaking off. But just didn't feel real, real great about it. <clears throat> um, I worked my way back. When I came back through, there was two boats on that dock. One, I believe, that was in the BFL and the other one watching them that was probably practicing for the open. And that dock was on a flat dock and so I kind of observed that, but my pattern that I found up there was well there's a few fish on the docks if it had brush on it, but I was getting bit a lot better on the laydowns, which we don't have a lot of laydowns on Lake of the Ozarks anymore. So that becomes a problem. So I found a lot of brush that was shallow that I could almost see from that 5 to 8 foot range. And then I found some laydowns that had some really good fish on it. But I stripped those fish off. So that was kind of my morning to mid-afternoon practice on Sunday morning. So... It was not hard to get bites. I could get bit on a brush hog, I could get bit on a Bojangles step stepdaddy, I could get bit on a jig, and I did throw a square bill a little bit just to cover water and go to different types of areas and I never got bit on the square bill which was kind of crazy. And I had to flip, I had to be around wood. It was all about the wood. So Get out of there, take off, and then I go up to the river. I go up to the fifty-mile marker and start playing around. And the wind was blowing pretty good that day, but kind of blowing out of the east. And it didn't matter if you were in the middle of a pocket, in the back of a pocket, on the main lake, the main lake flat side, on the main lake main channel side. You could get bit that day on the dock corners like crazy. So. I had a white jig in my hand, and I had a small black and blue green pumpkin-ish type jig, and it didn't really matter. They really did like that white jig that day, and you could get bit on any of those dock corners pretty much at will, and I checked some laydowns up there. I don't remember getting any good bites up there on the laydowns that day, but the dock corners were definitely where it was at. So, Monday morning, this is the Monday before the tournament starts, I get up, there's no wind, the wind's gone, it is heating up, and it's still hot here guys, so let's record, you know, we're looking at mid 80s every day, when you wake up it's about 60, 62, 63, it's kind of like Groundhog Day, every day is the same, we haven't had any weather come through maybe a little bit of rain I think that night we did have some rain but when I woke up the front had passed through and we didn't have any wind and it was getting hot so the good thing about the sun being out is it kind of sets the fish up on those dock corners and in the wells you got to figure out are they deep in the wells are they on the edges where are they at so it took me a while i was fishing things that i normally don't fish i didn't go hit a whole bunch of stuff that i just knew i would get bit on and i was kind of observing what the other guys were doing too so there wasn't a whole lot of boats up there but there was a few so i kind of stayed out of their way but i noticed a lot of people fishing flatter docks on the main river channel. So I shot over and started fishing the shady banks that just happened to have bluff ends and real deep docks. So docks on the main river channel that had shade and that had deep water underneath them. And historically that's kind of been a real good pattern if you could catch them on the dock floats, just swimming your jig or whatever real close to the foam but it took me several hours of flipping that kind of stuff to actually find a stretch that had some big ones on it and when I say big ones I mean I found some absolute giants and I thought wow if my boater comes up here and finds this they're going to do well in a tournament. Well, come to find out two of the top ten, it did come up into that area. They did not fish like that. They were not fishing that type of pattern. But they did come up into that area on the last day of the competition. So, that area had potential. Who knows how many people fished from, you know, the... I'll, It's a big stretch of area, but, you know, like bare bottoms up to Big Dicks. Um, Who knows how many people fish from Pearson to Proctor. I don't know, but that area had a lot of potential in it. I don't know if you needed a lot of sun. I don't know if you needed that weird east-southeast wind or north. I don't know what wind was best, but that area did have... Uh, potential in it so i want to record that because with the conditions from this year with there being no water flowing out of the dam with lots of boats on the water um, with a lot of pressure around pb2 a lot of pressure around the toll bridge a lot of pressure around the four corners that was an area that kind of got hot and i believe it was really kind of overlooked so fast forward to the tournament because i from monday on i went to work and i only got to pre-fish around pb2 in in pre-practice of an evening and the evening bite that week was not very good um it was great for finding where the shad were, what was going on around the docks. Were there a lot of bluegills staying around the docks? Were they on the cables? Were they on the floats? And it was kind of all of the above. You could find shad out in the middle. You could go in the back of some pockets and find some shad. A lot of the shad that are way back in the way, in the back of the creeks are the small ones. But there's big gizzards that are starting to eat off of the rocks and so as every year it happens those big gizzards love to eat that green whatever growing on those rocks and it's starting to happen already what's funny is I kind of guess because that plankton likes to grow like algae in the sunlight that the more sun that's on a bank or the hotter it is on that bank and the shallower it is it's like the more the gizzards are up there but it'll only be like one little small school that's up there feeding on the plankton so i don't know if the bass are like close by that waiting for for that for them to go up there but i'm not seeing the bass Ambush those shed up on the bank shallow yet but it's got to be right around the corner because they're up there doing it so you know the bass are going to be behind them pretty fast so it's not really a bite yet but the second place guy got second uh, throwing the glide bait Um, from what I could tell it's a that DRT tiny clash which I happen to have one so I was going to throw those in practice and just never did. I didn't think I would do that as a co-angler so I just purposely didn't do it. I still don't know if I will do that but if I can't get a topwater water bike going Then I'm going to put a glide bait on. I couldn't get a topwater bike going to save my life. I knew it was happening because too many people were talking about it. But every time I would try it, I would not catch anything. And I threw Popars and Yellow Magics and Evergreens and Spooks and Whopper Ploppers pretty much around any type of stuff you can think of it was not successful so I still had one tied on during the tournament and I threw it a little bit and still did not catch anything on top water and I don't really understand that I don't know just just didn't produce so but I will have a top water and or a glide on for this Toyota Because there is a bite like that happening. And what I might do too is just keep my white jig on. That way I can throw up in there shallow if there is some kind of shallow activity going on. I want at least something that I could capitalize on that bite if I can. So, anyway, so things are developing, things are changing. But the water temperature is still very high. It's still, for the most part, in the upper 70s throughout the lake. You might have 72, 74, 75 in the morning, but by the time the afternoon comes around and it's way in time, which in this bass open, started at 3 to 3.50 and they really spread out the flights so the later flights were getting to fish all the way up to 4 to 4.50 which I wasn't really used to very long days and you had a a different bite window from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock so you had the opportunity to capitalize on an afternoon bite if it did exist for you so now fast forwarding into the tournament on day one, I drew Trey McKinney, a young gun from Illinois that is familiar with Lake of the Ozarks. He has been here before, not a whole lot. His home lakes are mostly like Lake Egypt, Kentucky Lake lakes in that region, but he travels so much that he understands what's going on everywhere even at a young age he already has a ton of experience under his belt and he has this tournament game dialed in really good great mannered young man if you will and he he had a, a good game plan going in he was pretty open-minded but he had figured out that he could no matter if he was fishing a brush pile or a dock or even, I don't want to say open water fish, but fish that were not tucked in closely to that type of cover, that he could live scope those fish, and he was very successful doing that. He's a very good live scoper, and he used all the tools that you could think of, the best tools that he could get bit on was definitely a Nico and a small jig so I was very impressed with how well the the finesse jig worked for that we or I had really been catching them on a football jig or a bigger jig a brush type jig and I did not weigh in any keepers on my football or my bigger jigs and I'm wondering if I, I did downsize the throw a a little bit. But I think it was more of the way that he was working it and the way he was live scoping that made him successful doing that. My phone might die, so let's see if this part even records. But the day one of the tournament, Trey put on a clinic with the live scope. stayed around PB2 for the most part not gonna blow up all the areas but there was a lot of the top ten that stayed around pb2 it's not a secret what is a secret is the way that they use live scope and how powerful it actually is and the only way I can describe it it is a lot like crappie fishing with live scope if you know what you're doing you can get them to bite you have to figure out what they will bite and how they want the bait presented and they are awesome at it on the day two we went up by the toll bridge not the toll bridge i'm sorry the highway five bridge and fished a lot of familiar areas but uh also in a lot of the coves that i have not been in in a long time we flipped docks we did it old school we We had flurries of catching some fish but mostly those fish were caught on a shaky head more than a jig I wacky wormed all day I threw a jig a little bit I just needed to get bites I did get lots of bites they were all real small fish so all in all there's I could talk about this tournament all day long there's a lot of factors going on with the bass open Bass Live has a great day three rundown. If you've got four hours to spend, you can see exactly where they're fishing and what they caught them on. It was a great tournament, but here's what I'm gonna take away from this for myself. I'm not gonna, you can go on live and watch. I'm not gonna talk about the areas. The top 10 was in areas that I have fished my entire life. There's 90 some miles of Lake of the Ozarks. They could have went anywhere they wanted in the lake. These guys found all my brush that I've been working hard for years and years and years to set up correctly, moving fish around, just doing all kinds of things to get areas ready. For a big tournament like this. I've never been able to capitalize on any of my good areas. And. Watching this go down shows me that. I am doing the right things. I am fishing the right areas. I did have a good practice. Some of the top two. Or two of the top two was in. Places where I had practiced. And really showed us how you can catch them your own way. You can do it your own way. Glide baits, big jigs. You don't have to finesse jig and drop shot if you don't want to. You don't even have to life scope if you don't want to. So do it your own way. Either win your own way or go down your own way. And that's what I'm taking away from this tournament. I think... I'm so disappointed in myself, it makes my blood boil, but I'm going to take away a positive. Do what I'm supposed to do. Don't worry about everyone else. And keep your head down and keep grinding and adapt. All these new areas are going to get really, really, really pressured. So the Toyota Series is coming up this week. I really think I'm going to have to stay on my toes, even as a co-angler, because everything that just happened this week isn't necessarily going to be how to get a check or even how to win coming this week. So if you guys have any questions on anything that I've talked about or any questions about tournament fishing in general, especially at Lake of the Ozarks, I'm out there almost every single day. So... You can email me, direct message me on Facebook, Instagram. It's just Jrodfishing Fishing across the board, and you can find my email. And if you want to look at any baits, I have ton, tons of the baits that were used and tons of baits that will be used this coming fall at Lake of the Ozarks. You can get them at JJTackle.com. It's just JJTackle.com. Or if you're in the area in Columbia, stop by Tombstone Tackle. If you're in Jefferson City, go to Merton's Bait and Tackle. If you're anywhere at Lake of the Ozarks, hit up any of the Fitz Fishing locations. There's some new stores getting put together in Laurie. Crocagator's going to have a headquarters come out soon. And I think Ed Bryant's is still open up there. I haven't been there in a while, but that's a great store. And then Edgar's is getting a new, new location, uh, I think, moving from the Versailles down towards the Laurie Sunrise Beach area. So lots of good choices, lots of good local tackle stores that can give you a good rundown of what's going on at the lake. If there's something that you need rushed delivered from the warehouse, I can get it from JJ Tackle and get it rushed to you. So let me know. Thanks for listening. I know this is a little bit long, and I didn't get real detailed into the tournament part of it, but I'm going to have more details come out as the Toyota Series is happening this week, and I look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks.